your friend in the corner there, Kevy? No. Yes, Kevy Mental. Hey, man. How are you? It's your friend, Kevy. Once again, I'm back. Another episode, another another riveting episode of Barely About Music, where we barely talk about music. This is this episode has been a long time coming, I'm telling you. It is my longtime friend and collaborator, Steve Bates. I'm very, very picky about what music producers I work with. Because I'm a music producer, so if someone is just doing some shit that I can do by myself, why would I work with them? And if they're not getting the vibe of my ideas... Why would I work with them? And Steve has always been... Well, first of all, his bands he played in... um, Like, Hot Hot Heat was a band he played in. And when I was a teenager and they started getting, like, big, it was like, whoa, a band from where I'm from can do that? I remember, like, they, they were playing in, like, coffee shops and then all of a sudden they played on Letterman. It was, like, so insane to us. <clears throat> so they're an inspiration... And um, they were like a hardcore band and then went pop, kind of like my band did, you know? So they, I looked up to Steve and, and the projects he did. And when he started producing, one of the first things he produced was a fake shark reel zombie song called Puke Rock, which ended up being on the American Mary soundtrack. And so this has been, uh, and then ever since then, I've I've learned from him and worked with him and we've collaborated on all kinds of things we've co-produced things i've hired him to mix things he produced some of the best fake shark songs and uh and then he's also just been my my best pal for a long time uh been through a lot so this is a long time coming he's a little nervous off the top which is weird because he's he's the kind of he's the kind of guy that seems like he doesn't want the spotlight and then he gets the spotlight and he's he's swimming in it he's loving it so let's just get into it. Here's my good friend and mentor, Steve Bays. Tell me about hardcore music. Well, what do you want to know? Well, do you mean, oh, I'm going to get... Do I have, do I have enough uh, yeah. level? Yeah, check, good. check, one, two. You just said hard hardcore music is kind of... I guess, like, because we, we grew up playing local shows with hardcore bands and stuff like that, right? Like, a big part of your early music life was playing, like, $5 shows mm-hmm. as a teenager. Wait a second, can you tell the story about when... You were like 15 and you're going to open for Rancid, was it? And then oh, you got uh, grounded? <laughs> oh, yeah. You and Cam Pipes? Yeah. Well, he wasn't grounded. I got... I No, it wasn't that I was grounded. It was that I was asked to open for Lagwagon. Okay. Who was like on... Uh, Fat Records. On Fat Records. Yeah. And like they had Fat Mike on singing on their songs and stuff. And they were just... I thought they were one of the best... Of all those like punk skate pop, like skate punk bands, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, 
and uh so we it, it was like kind of like the holy grail of gigs for us totally but there had been a stabbing at that club <laughs> like i don't know a few months before that at the venue where Lagwagon was going to play yeah okay so it was at this bar called revolution in victoria or no was it evolution i think it was evolution and like it was it was kind of the like one cool bar where they had goth night on monday okay and um and anyway okay so i was asked to play there and then which band was this this is my old hardcore band called pilot light awesome and we were just like really political like <laughs> and were you playing drums in this band uh no it in, in fact dealing with the bullshit of uh-huh. having to get drummers all the time that were they were always quitting <laughs> so that's actually why i ended up learning how to play drums and was like a drummer in bands for years and years okay but uh yeah so we had a song called voiceless about um being vegetarian we had a song called this is called democracy question mark Whoa. which is like yeah it's like you call this democracy <laughs> if there's a question mark on the end of your song title you're a political band yeah oh for sure we had tons of question marks we had um we had anti-sexism songs we actually had one song that was really sexist um <laughs> what and then we realized like how lame that was like as oh. you know between the ages 13 and 14 there was like a big kind of learning curve yeah man and this like the one of the first shows we played was in our guitar player's garage and of like the eight people that we convinced to show up mm-hmm. she grilled us on how we had done a 180 on this one song <laughs> Who's, and who said this 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 just girl someone who came? Jana, and we just hated we hated the fact that she called us out on yeah. the fact that we were super like singing these anti-sexist lyrics and like a year previous when we were in eighth grade it was actually like the most sexist <laughs> wow but we didn't know we were just like what do other people do you know yeah you listen to like day glow abortions and then the next day you're listening to i don't know um Something anyway yeah dead kennedys yeah yeah we were we were super into like got super into no means no and stuff um mm-hmm. All the and, fat uh, record stuff. But yeah, so we were we were asked to open up for Lagwagon, and then my parents wouldn't let me. And then they forced my sister to, uh, like, forced me to babysit my sister that day. So it was, like, extra kind of insult <laughs> to injury was that the night of the show that we would have played, I had to babysit my sister. And I that. thought there was a... Maybe it's a different story, but I thought you got in trouble because you did babysit your sister and then you took acid or something or mushrooms. You know, there's a lot of there's a lot of <laughs> a lot of different variations of this story floating around. <laughs> and wait, wait, weren't you was that band with Cam Pipes from yeah, yeah. Three Inches of Blood? He was in Pilot Light. He was, yep. What did he play? Um, he was on bass and vocals okay and then uh he he got this girlfriend and he started like kind of like he'd bring her to jams and stuff and he'd like she'd take off and like they'd go make out and stuff and oh, we'd sick. be super bummed so i started playing bass in the band and eventually he became more of like just the singer yeah you're like necessity guy you're like producing the content. yeah well, I, that's always been whatever is needed of me i will do an average version of it <laughs> i think it's funny you and i were talking once about how we're not amazing at any instrument, but we're yeah. like capable on any instrument. <laughs> yeah, I think you're a yeah. great keyboard no, player, no, though. No, I'm I'm fine. I'll I'll make do at anything, but uh, I just kind of like to be in the room while cool stuff happens. Yeah, you just like to make stuff. 
Yeah. But I was going to say, you're, I think you're a great p- piano player. Is that I mean, your strongest? Um, probably, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I'd say so. Steve Bay's um, keyboard like moves, no one has those moves. Yeah. Where you tilt the keyboard over and stuff. I just remember being on tour and seeing bands with keyboard players and thinking they were so like odd to watch. It's not like a, it's not a sexy instrument at all. Right. It's just looked really like you've got like a cool guitar player, like shredding. Mm -hmm. You've got this drummer guy. That's just like caveman wailing away. You've got the singer that's like stage diving. And then you have this guy that's like, pushing buttons like he looks like he's over there doing someone's taxes yeah you get an accountant totally um so then i just got i got really into uh industrial strength velcro okay and started velcroing everything down and and so i could whip the keyboard around and i got like uh i found a guy to make me these like industrial strength keyboard cables and stuff yeah and so i would just like whip the keyboard all over the place and just really have fun with it and then uh I just started to kind of like get like some like pretty good quad strength. Okay. <laughs> like pre gym Steve Bay's quad strength. Yeah. Wow. So I would just like r- crouch down really low. I know, dude, your crouch game's insane. If, like you were yeah. always doing that thing where you're playing and then all of a sudden like you're down below the keyboard, but you're still playing with your hand above yeah. your head. I played most of the set with my head below the, the keys. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. What? <laughs> Should be proud of that. I mean, an innovative stage present. My parents always dissed me for it. What? Yeah, they hated it. What they no, say? No, they didn't. I'm just. I feel like I. I have, I'm like. I literally feel like I'm gonna have nothing to talk about on this podcast. We're talking about great stuff. Yeah, I guess. I like hearing about the origins of things, and I also want to hear what it was. What you were feeling like when you were about to do your first late night taping? Not. Oh my. I've never. I've had the only person on here I've had that talked about that is Ivan Decker. Well, the night before... Was it Letterman? Was the that the first one? Conan was the first one that we did, and that one, I slept like an hour, if that. Because you're nervous? It was, it was no, because I was just like out taking advantage of the crazy nights. Like we were, yeah. we were playing Buffalo the night before we did Conan, and Metric was on tour opening for us randomly. Wow. And then, uh, and like these people were like hey like do you want to like come like like come in like to this party or something and i was just like yeah let's do it and then like every, nobody came with me because they're like no we should probably get a good sleep <laughs> and i was like oh screw that um i think i was like kind of sun drunk too because i had i remember i was really really sunburnt and mm-hmm. the, when we did conan they like kind of like had to like put makeup on and stuff. really um and so i hop in this red prelude and go to this party turns out it's like 45 minute drive oh uh, no oh oh cool ringtone no it's actually part of the story of <laughs> you have music cues for your story you didn't know i was gonna ask you about i love when like the one person that knows you're doing a podcast calls while you're doing the podcast <laughs> yeah there's um, moral support yeah but anyway so I get to the party. By this point, I'm sober. Turns out it's just the two people that brought you there. That brought me oh there. Oh, my God. And they just live in this like weird apartment complex. And everyone else in the co- complex is clearly asleep. And I was just like, oh, what am I doing there? I get there. There's no furniture in their place. It's just kind of <laughs> like like they, they got as far as renting a place, but hadn't furnished it at all. You don't sweat um, the details. Anyway, it was just like 
it, it was just a horrible night. And then so they eventually convinced them to drive me back. And then um, I slept like an hour. And then while I was rolling my suitcase out, uh, I, like, I saw them like sleeping in their car outside of the hotel. <laughs> like, <laughs> and, uh, and I just felt like total garbage. And the other guys were all like, you know, fresh faced and yeah. stoked. And then we went and like almost every TV show, it's you get out there and it's just instantly done. Like you don't have, I did never have any memory of actually playing those things. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because adrenaline just takes over. and Yeah. And then kind of the first time before that that I did TV was this show called CD UK, which in the UK was like basically like the main com- competitor to uh, Top of the Pops. Oh, awesome. And um and it was like a really big deal that we got it for the at that like such an early stage so mm-hmm. we were like told we should be really stoked and that's so I think I was but I was probably more <laughs> just like nervous yeah um and they're like I was like oh I should probably get a haircut or something and they're like oh we'll we'll send you to someone so the label sent me to Tony and Guy and it's they totally gave me this weird like asymmetrical haircut that I hated and. They like suggested that I put like bleach streaks in my hair. <laughs> that have been so not you at that time. Yeah, it never was. And so they like half my hair was black, half my hair was bleached. And then I showered in the morning and it totally ran and it just <laughs> went, I just, it went all like green and blue and stuff. Oh my God. And I was just like, ah, what the <laughs> hell is going on? <laughs> it sucked. It was, I was so bummed. Like it was like, yeah got the worst haircut and then so the next time i was uh i was like never again i'm never trusting anyone in a salon so we were playing letterman and i was like this time i'm gonna (laughs) i'm gonna get a shirt and i'm gonna dye my hair myself that's a better idea so i went and i just got like a black dress shirt i didn't know like what to get i was just like a dress shirt (laughs) (laughs) and uh and it was, I don't know, super stock and boring. And then I just went to like a grocery store and like got a thing of uh, black hair dye. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know why I went with black. It looked I think, good. I think maybe to like cover up the blue or something like oh, that. Oh, so this was, is like right after. Yeah, it was like shortly after. Or maybe maybe it wasn't, but I just remember I was just like, I got to get something. So I dyed my hair and it just looked like way too home done. <laughs> <laughs> That's but, cool though. That's like when Nirvana played SNL and Kurt Cobain had dyed his hair purple with Kool Aid. Mm. See, that's cooler. That's mm. cool. I think they're both cool. That's yeah. Yeah, maybe you're right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Um, I I think that. Uh, I mean, it's funny because like growing up, my bands just like looked up to you. So we just thought that was so that you that always was, looked cool. That was a total mistake. What? What are you talking about? I think so many so many bands have like um, sort of copied you and your fashion, and then just like I think people should know that. And then gone on to do it much. No, but like your style of like your band was like an absolute trendsetter and created like a style of music, which was dance. It was like a. It's like I don't want to say I don't want to say anything because you're being so nice that if I fear if I say something I'll derail this momentum of this. Well, I'll continue complimenting (laughs) you if that's what you're worried about. No, no, no. But then I'm I'm also wondering like as all that was happening, did you do you feel like you appreciated it or were you just feel like you were working all the time? Oh no, I for sure appreciated it. Yeah, yeah. yeah, No, I was really 
really stoked. Because wasn't kind of like I think you told me like the beginnings of of that band Hot Hot Heat. It was like you guys were like basically all living in big like punk rock houses together on on floors and on top of each other and oh, stuff. Oh, right? totally, totally. Yeah, like we were, there was four of us and um, somebody's girlfriend and a cat. Right. Just all in this tiny, like an apartment this size. Yeah. Um, and then we always had like lived in punk houses and stuff. So that with, you know, like seven or eight people living at once Yeah, in a house. And it like, I remember when I, when I, f- somebody pointed out the smell of cat piss to me. Uh, and I was like, oh my God, that's the smell of my room. <laughs> <laughs> and it was like, it wasn't from my cat. Like I just took the basement because it's just nostalgia it, it swept was, over you. <laughs> yeah. It was right beside the jam spot, which was just a bunch of used mattresses and, and we would have parties there and stuff. And, um, but yeah, I never knew that like the whole time I was living in this house. I don't know that there's a grosser set of words than used mattress. Yeah. Yeah. Every mattress is technically used unless it's brand new. So I don't know why. It's it just so funny paints how, quite like, the picture. It's so, it's so unfortunate how our standards, our living standards, raise as we get older. Because back mm. then, I really didn't care. I was stoked. I had a mattress, mm-hmm. um, an Ikea dresser that my parents bought me when I was like three that I still <laughs> use. <laughs> and I had spray painted a dragonfly on it. Oh, and, cool. Um, and then I like, yeah, record player, speakers, and it's just so not picky. Yeah. And in retrospect, I'm like, oh, man, that place was nasty. I remember my my dad, he finally came to check it out. Mm-hmm. And he just like walked through the whole house, didn't say anything. Like he walked <laughs> through it looking like it looked like he was looking for something. Stepped over a bunch of crust punks. <laughs> and uh, and then he just like walked out. And didn't laughed. say anything? Yeah, I think he was legitimately horrified. What did Norma say? I don't know if she came there or not. I think they were just really confused. And I mean, now we get along great. But I think that whole period of... Just what you were doing with your life? Yeah, it was like one of those kitchens where like you draw all over. You know, it's like, well, we could paint it. It's like, yeah, I called the landlord and we I asked if, if we could paint the kitchen. He said, as long as we paint it back to white when we move out. So, so we should just draw on it now. Yeah. And just, you know, who cares about future, like, needing to paint seven layers to get this <laughs> off later, you know, like, but yeah, like, um... Wait a second, did you guys have an eviction party when you moved out? I'm trying to remember. I remember when we moved in, uh, Paul from Hot at Heat, like, mm-hmm. he had, uh, what do you call those things that go around? A bed frame. <laughs> <laughs> uh go around your mattress yeah so he had a bed frame and we couldn't get it in the door Mm -hmm. and it ended up kind of like just breaking in half and then we just left it on the lawn (laughs) (laughs) and we were just like the entire time that we lived there we never it stayed there yeah just with like grass growing over it oh man that's great it kind of was always an eviction party have you ever been to an eviction party no, I've heard about them, like house record parties and yeah. stuff. Yeah. Why would you do that? I remember I went to a, yeah. an, a par- an eviction party once, and it was three houses being eviction partied. Oh and I remember God. a guy was walking by, a construction worker. He just got off a bus, and he's like, is this an eviction party? And we're like, yeah. And he's like, awesome. And he came and started destroying the house. Wow. <laughs> yeah, that's really, like, a, there's a fine line between being punk rock and just being a total selfish prick and <laughs> yeah i think as you get older that's when you start to kind of like 
Hey, is that a doll of that that guy, the Jackson, the the cat guy? That's David Cross. Oh, but it what? does look like Jackson, the cat whisperer or whatever. Yeah, who basically Jackson Galaxy. Yeah, my girlfriend loves him, and he always has a guitar case full of cat treats and stuff. Oh wow! And then have you watched that show? Yeah, I um, I just can't get over how over accessorized he is. Well, he looks like a pickup artist. Yeah. Do you know about that culture? Yes. Like mystery in those guys? Yes, yeah. That's those those dudes like they ha they wear a bunch of accessories so that they have something to talk about when they talk to ladies. Um. And so I don't know if that's what he's doing, but it looks like it. But that David Cross bobblehead I have does look like him. You're right. Oh, wow. Isn't that weird that that exists? I found that in a VHS used store in Toronto and I bought it. Oh, that's so you. I know. There's also a Prince one and then one of me right next to it. Oh, man. And a Dennis Rodman one. That's so cool. <laughs> I remember so, one time you called me a culture vulture, and that totally made sense. You are, yeah. You really well. That's why I gave you all media. I was going to bring that up. Oh, wicked! One time, yeah. One time, Steve is moving. He let me. He asked me if I wanted his entire CD, CD and DVD collection, and I said yes. And then, what just happened now? This is like three or four years ago. I just gave him back a bunch of stuff that he didn't oh, know I was think in this there. This was like. 10 years ago i don't think so i, th I think because it? it was when i lived in my last place and it was yeah. when you had you had bought a house and you're moving into it okay yeah that that's that was eight that was eight years ago wow yeah that was eight years maybe seven no yeah. i think it was eight unbelievable um but yeah i just i detoxed i got rid of all media how did that feel as someone who creates media um I consider myself like the real media player of right. of my of my friends, kind of like the Lycos <laughs> web crawler. I'm like GeoCities or Angel Fire. You're more Netscape. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. Um, Thank you. But yeah, I just I didn't like what I didn't like was that once I kind of fell behind my collection. Uh -huh of of because i used to go on tour and collect dvds all the time because i just l was so excited to find uh yeah just i love consuming all sorts of media yeah and then when you start to fall behind then it feels kind of embarrassing when people come over and they're just like just like oh cool so you're uh you know, like if you're like a DVD collection, like yeah, ends, ends in 2006. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it just felt odd. And then I was like, fuck, uh, I really got to update my uh, collection. But I didn't want to spend the money anymore because I had spent a fortune. You yeah. know, it's like you've got all these like Sopranos DVDs and like, yeah. But I've the one thing I do kind of want to get back into collecting is uh, documentaries because like physical ones. Yeah, because they're not always easy to find in good quality online. And there was a period where you could get everything online. Yeah, and now it's actually getting harder. I know because it's the piracy elements going away, which is interesting. Which so I'm, I thought it, I, I'm actually stoked about that. Yeah, me too. Because I like there being, I value things more if I can't just immediately get it. Absolutely. I mean, um, that's the way it was back in the day when you saved up to buy a CD or something. Yeah. It's like, oh my God, I'm getting a CD. And then if it sucked, it's like, no, it'll be months <laughs> before I get another one. <laughs> Turns out Bare Naked Ladies, <laughs> Enid is, was not as sweet as the helmet CD that my buddy got. <laughs> Those are your two tastes. 
I actually I won a, a lip sync contest <laughs> when I was in third grade, and it was a um, helmet. And it was was well, actually to Michael Jackson bad. Wow. Um, and then uh, the the prize that you win from the school. Like, see, I, we performed it in front of, like, the entire school and stuff. And then the prize you get is one free cassette from A&B Sound. Sick. What'd you and get? I got, um, I got Fat Boys Crushin'. Whoa, good choice. <laughs> I know, which Holy doesn't shit. really fit my personality at well, all. You have pretty eclectic taste. But I ended up, I ended up just duplicating it because my, my buddy had just gotten, like, a cassette to cassette thing and... And I returned it Ooh. after recording it, like pirating the original it. piracy. <laughs> yeah, and uh, <laughs> I ended up getting "Bangles Hazy Shade of Winter" and "Walk Like an Egyptian" on forty-five, like seven-inch vinyl. You're like a seven-year-old hipster. <laughs> so cool. I don't know if it was hip back then. It was just probably forty-fives. I was That's really into forty-fives. So yeah. Wow, yeah. I didn't even know what that was. What was your first piece of music you ever got? Um, well, my dad went to, when I was a kid, he went to a garage sale and for two bucks or a dollar, he got this bin of 45s that were all from the fifties. Amazing. So I, so it got me really into doo-wop and like just those kind of early primitive, super earwormy kind of pop melodies. Yeah. So I think that's why I, I've just always liked kind of overly hooky melodies. Yeah. Um, whereas like if, yeah, but then, you know, I was into like, uh, I mainly was into like just local punk bands and stuff like that. It's so cool. Like there's this band goat boy that their lyric was like, every time I look at you, I just want to puke. And they would just like sing it over and over and over while the drum beat was like super fast. And I loved that. But then I'd also like flip on like arrested development and like Tracy Chapman and both great artists. I just told Devon Alexander, who you've met, he didn't know Tracy Chapman was A, female, and B, African-American. Really? Yeah. I, yeah, it's weird. <laughs> <laughs> I, I never really think about it, to be honest. Yeah, but he, he's from Jamaica, and he's like, I heard it over there, and I thought it was an old white woman. Or an old white man. Is what Boy, he said. did he make a mistake. <laughs> <laughs> Woo! Boom. I'm out. A real high five. That was not a sample. I'm out. Um, <laughs> you leave. <laughs> mic drop your buddy's mic and it costs him like 120 bucks. <laughs> yeah. So um, I've, I can't believe I haven't been to your place here know, since you moved. I know. We there's we go through periods of time where we spend so much time together. And then it's yeah. like I won't see you for a long time. And But it's like when I see you again, it's like we haven't skipped a beat. Yeah, okay. you have those kind of friends, right? But totally. we've worked on so much stuff together. Like you're one of two producers I trust to work on my music. Thank you. But yeah. it, you know what I mean, though. It's like when you are a producer, you don't you, and and you're working with someone, and they're not they're not getting what you like your taste. Yeah, it's, it's horrible. It's creepy. And it's, so I'm a fan of your music, and always have been, and always will be. And so working with you, it's like you get sort of the the tone and the vibe and the future qualities that I'm looking for and that we're all looking for. So, and you, yeah, I just like that we go in a room and we just have fun and then something cool comes out. Like there isn't that like weird moment where you're like 
pointing at a gold record on the wall like, I have a baby on the way. <laughs> I need one of those. I will never have a baby on the way. Uh, and if I do, its name will be Steve Bays. Yeah. Hey, hey, hey. <laughs> I don't know if we could do that. <laughs> we can't. <laughs> we, we used can't. to always do that. I know. One time me and Steve tweeted Bill Cosby and he responded. <laughs> remember that? Oh, do I remember the moment that's tattooed at the front of my brain? <laughs> and remember we were both like, what does that mean? Like, it's like for for like, you know, a touted comedy genius, his joke made no sense to us. Yeah. Like, I still kind of don't understand it. Yeah. Yeah, there's no point in us even referencing it. It's, Let's stop talking about yeah, it. Yeah, it's dark. But yeah, I've just been fascinated with his, that he tweeted the other day for the first he time. Did? From jail, yeah. From jail? Yeah. Did he complain about the prison food? He said, hey, 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 America's favorite dad here. That's what you said to me when you got here. Yeah. I that was a reference to his Twitter account. Yes. Yeah. Well, <sighs> you know, know your enemy. Exactly. Keep your friends close, but. Your Cosby's closer. <laughs> yeah. Man. And, but it, it, yeah, apparently he's, um, he like everyone loves him in jail. <laughs> um, because, I mean, the thing is, there's, if Bill Cosby's sitting, eating right beside you, mm-hmm. are your personal politics going to get in the way you know but what if it would be cred to beat the shit out of him well that's what i thought it would be like i thought (laughs) he would have to be on lockdown yeah i'm surprised um, he's in general pop yeah i know i feel like if you're like a h weinstein like you would be destroyed but but because it's pill cosby yeah, yeah i don't know it's weird but anyway so i think he's unaware of the like sentiment yeah, he's definitely very self-unaware. Remember when he was leaving that courthouse and he did a Fat Albert impression yeah. for all the news reporters? That was in poor taste. <laughs> yeah. Like, it would be like if on the way to going to jail, Trump just like looked in the cameras and went, you're fine. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think Trump has more self-awareness than Cosby. That sucks. Yeah, that's you, crazy, actually. You were telling me that you often go to sleep watching American politics, which is crazy oh, to yeah. me. All because I need to watch something really lighthearted when I go to bed. I've been thinking about how I live, take in media these days. And what I want to do is when I wake up, I want to watch something motivational because I'm so easily swung in different directions. Right. So when I wake up in the morning and I'm going to go to the gym, I watch like some Henry Rollins thing where he's talking about how weightlifting like saved his life or something. Nice. And then after that, I'll w- listen to Pensado's Place, which you showed me. I'll be like, I want to produce music right now. Oh my and God. Then, yeah. And then at night, I want to watch something or listen to something pleasant so that I have a good dream. Well, so I can't I can, believe you're into American politics well, at Well, I'm just going to look at my YouTube history. Here. Okay. Oh, this fact, is, dude, this could be a good segment for the podcast say, from now on. Yeah. Like, how genius would that be? Yeah. I mean, you know, not genius, but cool. I think you're a genius. Wow. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So, I am really love Seth Meyers' Closer Look. It's What's gr- that? What's Closer what? Look? What? Dude, I'm such a Conan guy that I feel like I'm cheating if I move around. Have you listened to his podcast? Oh, man. It's I, lovely. I, I was watching a thing this morning. Um, I took a, like, so, I, yeah, like, I I've, I kind of don't want to admit it, but I sometimes I, like, I'll take this, pre, this pre-workout. This <laughs> pre Not in a safe Dude, I go I'm to the gym all the time. No, I know you don't. Yeah. But, so, no, I have not been good. I haven't exercised at all lately. I feel like a total piece of crap, but... 
I still like the free workout because it like <laughs> totally like messes me up. It's like coffee or something. Yeah, but so I took pre workout this morning and then went back to bed, and then proceeded <laughs> to watch the best of insult comedy of all time and most awkward interview moments on talk shows today at like noon. Oh, nice. But I was just I that's you know the funniest comebacks in talk show history oh I, I love stuff like that seth meyer's day drinking with rihanna was that was pretty good i am um, i really like bill maher yeah um what oj simpson is sharing on twitter oh speaking um, of being back on twitter well i guess he just started who oh yeah yeah exactly and that was right after bill cosby's father's day tweet um <laughs> I also fell asleep the other night watching. Well, I often wake up at like really early in the morning, like three hours after I go to bed. Well, really? Um, and then I'll like watch something for a bit and it'll knock me out. Oh, that's so lovely when you have that kind of uh, freedom with your schedule to be able to do that. You know? It really is. It really is. But uh, yeah, so parents at age 12. That was a cool, cool doc I watched. Okay. What's that? Um it's literally like some people just like in the uk like there's more teen uh parents in the uk than anywhere else in the world and it's like people that are like grandmothers that like you know in their 30s and kind of thing one time a a british friend of mine i was talking about how this is the first time my band toured england and i was like man i just feel like people in england are smarter than everywhere else and she was like no we're pretty stupid here Mm. um keep going i'm gonna get us another drink oh thanks buddy um yeah what else Seth Myers. um oh cash slaves uh, the vice docs are good sometimes um i've been I'll, i tend to go down jack white rabbit holes like i burn out on him pretty quick but i've been going down one every couple years i'll just like check in to see what he's up to like like interview wise or music wise I can't stand his interviews. Why? Just, what does he do? No, no, no. He's. I'm sure he's fine. I'm sure he's great. I just like. I'm not a rock bio guy. It totally ruins the mystique for me. So, Wait everyone, a everyone always suggests you gotta watch. No, no, you no. haven't seen this no, 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 yet. No, 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 no. I'm with you. I'm with you. I can't even watch this Elton John thing. Right. Can I just tell you that it's like you you said something and I think it ruined them for me. Mm. So you're inadvertently saving me a lot of money at the movie theater, uh, yes. which is that yep. every biopic or documentary on a band seems like a Mr. Show sketch. <laughs> it does. And that's so true. It, does. it seems like the, the gay porn tape sketch from Mr. Show. <laughs> every one of them does. I thought you'd say Titanica. For Titanica. Sure. That's yeah. what I'm saying. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, wait, was the gay porn thing? Adam song. Was that also Titanica? Was Adam, okay, Titanica was the one where that fan, they had a song called Try Suicide, and he's like, so I totally right. tried yes. suicide. Of course. Of co- that, where he dunked, dunked his own body in sulfuric acid. That's like the quintessential <laughs> Mr. Show skit. Um, then I've got, like, I like people, whenever people are like, oh, you should check out this, I'll usually check that out, but that's more like a daytime thing. One time I suggested something to you, and you seem thought maybe you're into it, which was Doctor Pimple Popper. And then later the next day you texted me, you're like, "Yeah, I tried watching more than I realized. It's just more of a Kevy thing." Yeah. <laughs> well, it's so weird, and now it pops up because you told me to check it out. It pops up in my feed all the time, and I'll be like showing something, you know, like a fo- a nice photo of like a flower that grew in our garden to my neighbor. Uh, my neighbors or something and then, like and 10 then, best cysts yeah pops up. and then like literally a <laughs> notification pops up it's like like watch the cyst explode <laughs> it's like, 
yeah and it's all because of that suggestion um there's a photo of me chilling in your living room all spread out and relaxed watching the most disgusting lancing <laughs> of someone's cyst oh that's that's beautiful um i love that show because it's so satisfying to see her solve people's problems they've had their whole lives you yeah, know what I mean? And, but I just can't help but think, like, why didn't you just do it yourself? Yeah, th- but but a lot of the times they're so big that once she lances them, because mm-hmm. it's not just filled with liquid, there's something else, so then she needs to do a sewing job after. Yeah, that's a good point. I but I want to do it myself. I yeah. would just do it myself. Yeah. Yeah. So let's um let's do a l- little 180 here and change okay. topics just so people don't s- associate this episode with... Cysts? Yeah um okay okay so can should i continue telling you please do okay um what's the what's the coolest oh oh wait 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 come back to that i want to tell you one thing when you gave me your whole dvd collection yes the best thing in there and i've shown it so many people is overnight what's overnight that's the documentary on the guy that made uh boondock saints and then ruined his own career he he got basically he he was a, a bouncer at a bar and then he wrote a script for Boondock Saints, sent it to the Weinsteins. They loved it. They offered him the biggest deal in movie history, which is they were going to buy the bar for him, buy his script, hire him as director, all this stuff. And then his ego quickly got out of control. <laughs> Within two weeks, he'd ruined his reputation and no one wanted to work with him. Oh my gosh. I need to rewatch that. That was, th- that's what I would do. I would we'd play shows on the road. And then that was like, we were in a bus at the time for a number of years and then i would just i got like a little pocket dvd player from walmart one yeah. night and i just would after shows try and like avoid hangovers by just going in my bunk closing the curtain and then just watching documentaries so responsible yeah but there was plenty of nights when i wasn't responsible as well but um my best sleeps are have ever been in bunks on buses i love it oh i love it too it's yeah. it's until somebody told me that um like the singer of alien ant farm or something was dude my friend cadaver was a tech on that uh bus accident he oh, just told me that story my god yeah. his, i mean his name's cadaver though i know it's like lou gehrig died of lou gehrig's disease what how the, the hell do you not see that coming? i know um <laughs> okay uh in your face confronting tattoo prejudice it's this documentary thing where they i've seen that yeah where they put makeup over people and oh wait i'm thinking of one that i watched where a white supremacist got laser removal of all his tattoos and then regretted it and got them redone and then he got a swastikas no no he was like it just showed because he had swastikas all over his face and stuff yeah it took like years that that makes sense yeah this one was more just like they they put makeup all over you um oh. and then they a b the results of <clears throat> oh you i talking see how people, people treat on you the streets yeah mm. um do you have any tattoos um i've got actually a shit ton of tattoos uh but br- like brain brain tattoos oh that's I've, cool that just things that have stained me permanently <laughs> that's modest that i wish i could remove but no my body is um it is pristine a wonderland of whiteness <laughs> That was the John Ooh, Mayer actually, song, that right? That sounded like really racist. I just mean I'm, I'm super, <laughs> super pale. Uh, yeah, I, I've, I really, I love the way tattoos look. To me, like I'm a creative person. I should be just going nuts on my mm. body, but. You might, if you got one, you might then, as you're getting it, think of what the next one would be. Yeah. Because I didn't really have any until w- way later. And then as soon as I 
got started getting them it was just like i just you're lucky that you went with a theme like i feel like yeah like you know when bands they come out of the gate with with like their their brand basically Mm. they they're like these are our colors this is our font yeah this is our style our imagery and every other band's like why didn't we do that and then they just look at like their their entire career like just this mishmash of randomness whereas yeah you came you saw enough people with tattoos that you were like yeah knew what you liked and didn't like by the time you got it yeah i guess you're right i guess that's true like it is distracting if you're looking at someone as a sleeve of tattoos with varying degrees of quality all over the place. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> well, and also like you being friends with cat, like it makes sense that you would, you would, you know, go there. It's like, if I was friends with Gretzky, I would, and he was like, Hey, we should play hockey together. I wouldn't yeah. be like, Nope. <laughs> <laughs> I, I skateboarded with Tony Hawk once. Really? Yeah. What was that like? I didn't okay. know you skateboarded uh yeah i used to i used to skateboard a, a ton when i was a kid but i was i just was awful i always like broke i broke my ankle or broke i broke my, my wrist, wrist yeah and then eventually it was just like and then i knocked my teeth out bmxing and stuff no way. Oh, yeah i'd be like we'd be about to go on and my one of my front teeth would fall out because i what? never had them properly fixed till your father's a dentist i know but his theory was if like uh he just didn't want the tooth the, the my front teeth to die because mm-hmm. he was surprised that they didn't die because when once they die you're into like you know you have to get root canals and all this stuff and he's like they're still alive so like let's just leave them temporary front teeth um and then but then they'd knock out all the time like i'd be like drinking a like a beer or something and someone would just knock the beer with their elbow parker did that to me several times oh he kicked a mic into my teeth once oh my god (laughs) when he was trying to give me a hug it's the most endearing parker story oh that's yeah like (laughs) having my teeth fall out on tour is is one of my worst nightmares and it's happened in real life and then i remember me and cam tatham like sleepy tom cam yeah we were just eating a subway sandwich and uh I was just like, oh, no. Look in my sandwich, and there's tooth? just like a tooth. So finally, I got them fixed permanently. But anyway, yeah, I'm just I'm not, a, not an extreme sports guy. Like, I tried it. Yeah. I'm oh, pretty tame. When I was, um, I took over Tig Notaro's Twitter account for a day. That's that's so weird. I was watch, just watching a Tig Notaro thing today. Oh, really? Her, her documentary is really good. Um, I don't believe you. But uh, I I just went perusing through the DMs and someone, some previous person that had taken over her account for a day had DM'd Tony Hawk and was like, can you teach me how to do a kickflip? And he's like, sure. What? <laughs> and then they never took him up on it. <laughs> I think he knows, understands the, the, how the account works. Someone had also DM'd Weird Al and he thought it was her and. Oh, what? Yeah. Yeah, you can stack on my phone, no problem. Is that weird? That's like that game, you know, about that Denny's game where a bunch of people go for food and everyone stacks their phones and the first person to reach for their phone because they're so addicted to social media has to pay for the whole meal. I I think I'd be okay with that. I've been like, I've, I'm very addicted to technology, but... You're I've, excited about it. I'm excited about it, but I'm not addicted to it. And I've been... I've actually been kind of a bad friend to all my friends because I've been try like I first gave up Facebook 
Um, and then this was in like 2016. That's a healthy move, by the way. Well, I just I just did it because for like pol- political reasons, and then relationship politics, and then mm-hmm. um, it was just like I never I never woke up and felt like oh I'm dying to get back on Facebook. Yeah. Um, and then I still have an account, so I can still if I'm like really need to i could log in and just go message people and be like what up (laughs) but uh but then i stopped texting as much um yeah i know i'm just kind of like not as reachable and it's but the weird thing is it's like at already i already feel like there's not enough hours in the day totally dude so i'm like there's so much i want to do like i i want to garden i want to i'm really into like like woodworking and then like i've been loving making music videos and i've you know working on like a few of my own albums and then making records for other people and it's like and then in the you know at the end of the day like the i don't have enough time with them you know my gal who's like the most important person in the world to me Mm -hmm. and then i don't have enough time to exercise i don't have enough time to work on my own music and it's like i'm guilty that i'm not spending enough time with my cats so yeah Yeah. somewhere in there facebook kind of fell down in priorities and then um but you're super into tiktok right oh my god (laughs) i'm addicted uh i do like instagram because i love taking pics but even that i've kind of gotten like it's crazy though dude because Of all my friends and people I know, you are so good at being like, I'm going to learn how to make music videos, and then you get really good at that. I'm going to learn how to mix, and then you get really good at that. It's like you're you're very good at staying focused and learning how to do things properly. Like, do you read manuals and stuff? I was going to say, you're really good at doing interviews. Cause Thank you. I sure, I sure feel like at 75% less like a piece of shit. You're after. not a piece of shit at all. <laughs> um, you're my lovely buddy and always have ah, God, this guy <laughs> makes him feel all warm and sad. Um, <laughs> sad. <laughs> uh, yeah. Like I, there's certain things where I watch you a YouTube tutorial and I, it never leaves my brain. Yeah. And then there's other things that just, it they it won't go into my brain like my dad's really um he's really learned a lot about investing and like stocks and all that stuff and i feel like like in the last five ten years even like he's just gotten so good at it and i'll be like okay like teach me something that you know and i can't retain any of it it's because you're not interested in it i know but i'm like that too i know it's in my best interest to be I know, but but it, I've gotten literally like with financial stuff. I'm just so dude bad. <laughs> I I could. I remember Rave trying to teach me how to do when I first became freelance. He was trying to teach me how to do income tax and GST tax, and I didn't understand it. And then I got in trouble. And then uh, I was like, oh, now I get it because I have to, or I'll go to jail. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> so it became something I was interested in because I had to, and now I understand it. See, I just I just got an an accountant, and then they take care of everything. Um, but I I pay for it. Like yeah. I pay what like oh I, I go to probably, an accountant too. I could probably yeah. like have a vacation home if I did it myself be, with all the additional <clears throat> fees. But anyways, so with certain things like um, so the other day like Hoxley was Hoxley Workman, who's 
very co-member of Mounties. He's his main thing is his solo career, mm-hmm. as it should be. And um, I did his second to last record with him. So good. Oh, thanks, old buddy. Pant, old old cheetah. Old cheetah. So good. And he and, did some of the videos in it. And then yeah, and then, and like that was like kind of yeah. And I was doing Mounties videos before that, and um, I would always make videos, but over time I started to kind of feel a little bit less like a DIY cheat and more like, Oh, maybe I should learn some of the tech stuff. I wouldn't say I'm pro, but like the other day, so he was like, he put out a new record that I didn't work on at all. But, um, he was like, we need a video in like three days. Can you do it? (laughs) I was like, Oh, okay. Um, and so I called my buddy. I said, can I borrow your camera that's slightly better than mine? He's like, oh, um, I don't have that, but I've got a red cam you can borrow because the red cams are kind of like what we're used to seeing in like, you yeah. know, movies and TV shows and stuff. I was like, oh, okay. 20 days later, it was done on a red cam. It was one of the first movies. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, man. Yeah, the red cam is just, it's just insane. It's mm-hmm. like a crazy Hollywood camera. And so I picked it up from him and then we started shooting and I didn't need like um and then so siobhan my my gal she was like i was like do you want to be involved and she's like yeah let's do it together so we were trying to think of people that we could cast in it Mm -hmm. um because i used to always just do really like kind of tripped out videos yeah like like the cheap thrills one i did with you guys yeah which is still one of my favorite things i fucking love that video if i'm showing someone who doesn't know me my band that's the video i show them oh me too and that's always been like my one of my favorite productions mixes videos edits everything like, yeah and that was you know we shot it in a day and then i edited it in a tour van in europe you know and it's like but i still think it's just so cool yeah but then um, we gotta do another video dude i know and my problem is i every video i do i kind of want to do something that i haven't done because yeah. i just i'm i've i have the most fun when i'm learning yeah and that's kind of like to answer your question in a roundabout way like i think that's kind of part of my recipe is i just i'm always trying to learn something new yeah because that's when i'm the most on the ball and awake and i don't you know pass out at noon watching like youtube (laughs) but don't you find like because you and i are very similar especially with what our responsibilities are some days i'm amazingly prolific yeah it's like like before you got here i did another podcast i finished that Nuts. album i was showing you i did all these Nuts. things but that means last week there was like three days in a row in a row where i couldn't feel like doing my laundry oh my god i i've been going going through that like literally before i came here uh-huh. siobhan was she was just looked day completely dazed and depressed and she's been through this bout of like just pure bliss lately I was like, what's going on? That's an amazing thing to be around. And she was just like, I can't handle like the house. It's just, it's so messy. Yeah. Um, And like, we will go through periods where we're like super tidy and clean. I was like, she was just, I could like, cause I literally, I'm in like an empath, not in like a cool way, like in a shitty way. Like if somebody's really depressed, it just takes me down. Me too. So like I, I can sense it from. Yeah, it's the worst. You walk into um, the room and it's very evident. That yeah, someone's and it, it's suffering. It's not in a like a selfish way. I don't think too much. At least like for the most part, it's not like you're bumming my vibe. Like get out. <laughs> it's it's more just like ah, like I don't want you to be sad. And um, 
I was like, man, like the amount that we've done in the last week, like we, we shot, edited, released this Hoxley video. Uh-huh. We built a catio from scratch, which is like cutest shit ever. Go on. We took our we took our um, our patio, and which we kind of had completed last summer, and then we built like all this, got all this wood, stained it, put all the screening up around, did it on weird angles so that they couldn't jump over the screens Aww. and stuff. And so now we can like have our cats just hanging out, hanging outside with us. So it's cute. so awesome. Um, and then I did a, like basically finished the demolition of like another kind of deck thing that we have off our bedroom and like got all like the, materials for it and like learned how to do all this stuff for that yeah and then i'm like also like building a website and like you're incredibly mixes. prolific like i'm just like always doing so much and Me then too. you have those moments where you look around the house and it's messy and that derails you for like <laughs> an entire day where you're like i know my what am i doing with my life i also i do that too with responsibilities it's like i'll realize like oh I haven't invoiced for anything in like five months. Yeah. I should do that. And then so a hold, I don't know why, but it's so much harder for me to do. I'm the same. Keeping than produce a stand up comedy album. Yeah. Which I, is way I, more work. I'm with you. I, I'm, I hate invoicing. You just reminded me of, <laughs> which is funny. Cause it's only going to alleviate problems that you have. But I, I remember know. one time you were, you said this to me, you were like, I think my main reason for, getting good at music is so i wouldn't need a day job and i think i'm somewhere like obviously yeah. i love music and comedy but i can't imagine well like it it's weird because if you look at the amount of hours i work i work definitely way more than anyone for sure that has a day job but, but you're also um, your own boss that is a big part of it um and like but the thing is you have to be sometimes be like stoked on being to be your own boss you have to be stoked on being an employee for other people too and yeah i I feel like you're good at that like you're you're good at recognizing when it's like my purpose here is to make somebody else's job better or like make their career better and it's like i definitely flip-flop like sometimes i will be working on my own music and i'm like i don't want to work on anyone's stuff and then I get, I feel so narcissistic and gross and selfish and, and then I just love working on, on other people's stuff. Like I got an email to do this Elwin's mix. Um, Awesome. And I was like, yes. Like I was so excited to put down my own stuff for a minute. And then when I picked up, started doing some of my own stuff again recently, I was like so excited to hear my own voice coming out of myself again and like Great. you know i can go ages just hating everything i do and then all of a sudden think like what i'm doing is like the best thing i've ever done yeah and in the meantime i can flip on like a total blue collar working spirit what a luxury ju- though yeah oh my gosh it's the biggest luxury in the world and that's kind of like what my world is now it's like mm-hmm i'm i've got like a video editing station like a (laughs) photography suite um like a recording studio um and like you live by that cool diner where that woman treats us terrible oh my gosh she's so mean yeah but i really like her though i like her too she's she's kissed (laughs) well it it helps when you're getting like greasy food shoveled (laughs) in your face but you're you are living the dream with your your place it's beautiful I just still feel bad because you have uh, 
you own the house, but you rent the that one floor. And I went walking in there one time. Uh-huh. And I yeah. apologize to her every time I see her still. Yeah, you walked in and she was like, was coming out of the shower or something like she that? She actually was coming out of the shower. <laughs> it's like the worst case yeah. scenario. I just was going to say scenario and then I thought scenario was the better. Yeah. Um, I have an American girlfriend and she makes fun of how I say th- uh, oh my god enunciate yeah. things all the time like I'll be like yeah it's it's my process she's like process oh. <laughs> yeah well like the whole tomato tomato thing I I kind of feel the same uh, about like so many words like what well I just said about or did I say no about? it didn't sound Canadian really though, though, it's funny though because she and I were talking about the pronunciation of tour she's right. like She's like, tour? Yeah, I know. And I'm like, how do you say it? She's like, tour? And I'm like, well, you sound like George W. Bush right now. That's so weird. And then there's a, my favorite podcast is called Your Mom's House. And it's comedian Tom Segura and his wife, who's a comedian, Christina Pajitsky. And she's Canadian and he's American. They had the same argument. Uh, Tour. But you can, okay, so the classic one would be, that's definitely one that always tripped me up. But yeah, like about the the classic one. Mm Mm-hmm. Tomato, tomato is the old school one. But then you could take any word, like, okay, I'm just going to flip on, open my phone, okay. and I'm going to point at the first word, and I bet you Americans say it differently. By the way, I just got to tell you, me and Steve did, uh, well, I'll say I did some CBD oil, and I was I've been, was telling Steve it hasn't been working, and I'm tripping right now. Really? Yeah. Oh, uh, well, you know, okay. I feel I good, though. I think I'm tripping out. <laughs> yeah, I, uh, I have to go... <laughs> what do you have to do oh he's gonna go to the bathroom it's okay he's no he's gonna go he's gonna go um just check out his biceps in the mirror um he's been working out uh, you heard how he was talking about taking pre-workout i mean there's a reason for that um i hope you're enjoying this episode with steve bays he's one of my best friends we've known each other for a long time um he did produce cheap thrills my band fake shark that's if you've heard of us that's a song of ours that he did. He also produced No FOMO, Heart to Heart, um, and Famous Enough, and Secret Weapon. So I've been working with him for a long time. Um, his bands are, he's in a band called Hot Hot Heat. Very influential. He was, now he has a band called Mounties. Uh, he had a band called Fur Trade. I think, I think they're still putting up records. It's him and my friend Parker. And uh, I think he has a new project that I, I don't know the title of. He's a great guy. I've just been out here pumping your tires a little bit. Um, the, the new project that you're, you're doing, I don't even know if you're announcing it yet. Well, don't, don't say the name only because... I don't even know um, the name. Okay, good. Uh, I'm just saying you have a new one. I, yeah, I mean, I kind of have a, a few things in the works, like... But it's the most I've excited I've seen you in a long time when you're showing Ryan Worsley and ours and oh, I some of the new so songs. Cool, thanks, buddy. Yeah, yeah it's uh, I mean, it's fun. Like I love everyone that I've made music with. Like I love them in different ways. But there's so many. Like I wouldn't make music with anyone unless I didn't think they were brilliant and mm. awesome. Um, and good. so I part of me feels like, oh, if I'm working on something new, like I'm cheating on like my other buddies but it's sometimes the music that comes out is more just about the timing of of each person where they're at in their life yeah um so it can really be hindered or like accelerated based on like if 
you have three adults that are all on the same page for a brief minute. Mm -hmm. It's so rare. Oh, it's amazing. Yeah, it's the best feeling. Um, Yeah, we've had that. It's really hard to get that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like when I feel like all the fake shark collabs we did, we were like brutally on the same page. Totally. But you're good at like you're a rare adult. Like you can, you can fully be present and like even though part of your culture vulture character is being like scattered and like oh, yeah. into like a ton of things at once like yeah. if i'm like okay let's be present it's like boom yeah you're there you're Thanks, not man. you're not like but i i it's funny i've been talking because i just taught the seminar this week me and louise burns did on production and songwriting and stuff what yes yeah. for, for, for live ass canada it's like a creative bc thing live ass canada live ass canada son <laughs> live ass canada <laughs> people are gonna destroy me over the (laughs) enunciation of that but i was talking about how when i'm making something it's it's so adhd like i'll have a session open with a song i'll have a book i'm reading open over there my journal and i'll have a movie on and i'm just like station to station like okay i'll work on this for a little bit work on this for a little bit and that's how i need to work i don't know why so nothing feels stale for me we kind of my gal just had a epiphany that because i've just casually been like oh yeah i'm probably add um uh but she just read an article about like being in a relationship with someone that's add um and she's like oh it explains so much what does it say oh it well it starts off by being saying being in a relationship with someone with add is very challenging um right but there's like all these benefits to it as well Mm -hmm. um so it's just kind of like the pros and cons and once you know what they are i don't you you can work around them having i feel like you're pretty relaxed and focused but But we we you and i have a a ritual i can't even talk about this yeah we haven't a a ritual when we're gonna do something we're gonna write a song we go do something fun first yes or we go buy something first remember we got the mugs made I think because like I feel like if if I the mugs were cool. <laughs> <laughs> we love the office and there's an episode where Mindy Kaling's character had a party and everyone who came got a mug with their face on it over a star. Yeah. So Steve and I got those made of each other. <laughs> <laughs> I still have mine. Oh yeah, I I you, mine's uh in the bathroom in the studio and I I know. I keep toothbrushes in it, I think. Um <laughs> But uh, yeah, I I don't feel like I'm allowed to do something that's fun. Like I I have this voice in my head that's always cracking the whip, saying, "Me too." Be productive. Be productive. Me too. But then if if I know somebody's like really excited to do something, then I'm like, if it if I feel like their enthusiasm trumps my like asshole workaholic that's yeah. cracking the whip in my head, yeah, then then I'm like, oh okay, then it, it's actually more productive to do that. I feel the same way with having awesome dinner dinner breaks. Yeah. So I just produced the new Fion album, and we would really go all out for our dinner breaks. Oh, really? Yeah. So we get it there and like hit it hard for like five hours, and then we go have a drink and crazy good sushi. Mm, yeah. yeah. Yeah, I'm I'm with you on that. Mm. I'm big time. But yeah, so I you get really hyped on things, which then makes me be like, oh, like, because. If you're if you're like a producer or whatever you want to call it, a facilitator of some uh-huh. a collaborator with someone, yeah, you're always like 
when you get the best out of them it brings the best out of you so i'm like oh well how do i bring the best out of myself well i got to bring the best out of kevy how do i do that Mm -hmm. and the ritual has just become a ritual for a reason because usually leads to sweeter vibes do you (laughs) sweeter vibes (laughs) do you do that with other artists you work with Mm -mm. it's just a kevy special i find i usually start most sessions with people by crossfading into because i'm very socially awkward in a lot of ways like I, oh pshaw well you're the lovable steve bays i think i hide my social awkwardness well but I, it takes me a long time to ramp in so usually when people show up i'll just be like just like sit on the couch while i get sick sounds and i'll like set up sounds for the session yeah um and be like, what do you think of this kick drum? And like, what do you think of this? Yeah. I just got this plug in. Like, and then by the end of it, like they've been talking behind me for a while. And yeah. then I can kind of like slide into the social setting. Oh, man. I just feel like you're such a social butterfly. Maybe. I, can't, I don't know. Like you, you're, I knew this would be an easy episode. I know at the beginning of it, it's, I think you maybe felt a little uncomfortable with how we started. Oh, but, yeah. but it's been an hour. Really? <laughs> yeah, we should probably finish oh, it. Really. I apologize. Why? I like, why? That's that's what I do. I like that length. Uh, okay, good. Yeah. Oh man. Well, I get. I feel like we just got started. Um, so, Let's do another one. Soon. Yeah, I'm so down. Okay. I really liked. Um, I've been really digging your podcast. I've Thank just, you. Just been motoring through the apps. I love that, dude. Um, and then I like have been getting into other people's stuff. Uh, like after Sophie, yeah, after I heard your Sophie episode, I started listening to her and and her fellows. Mace, he seems like a have you never met him? Um, I mean, his face looks familiar, but I can't remember if it was like from a night on the town or just from Instagram. I don't know. You know what's interesting about. I know we should finish it soon, but about you and I specifically is we're the music guys that are very much in the comedy world for some reason. Yeah. I don't think anyone else besides us from music world are like, we'll go on comedy podcasts and things like that. Well, I mean, I've just music. I just don't like talking about music. I love making it. Yeah. I just talking about it. I find like, I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to say. Like when it comes to discussing the history of it, because creative process, I feel like we have pretty. Yeah, we do some. We, I mean, I love, I love being around. Like usually, when we get together, you'll show me what you're into. Yeah. Or um, like one of my things that I started doing with Lou was, um, like, okay, if we're gonna make a song, like share me, like send me a yeah, Spotify playlist. Do the or playlist something. thing. Um, and then it's kind of like for selfish reasons because then I can get exposed to all this wicked shit without having yeah. to do like the recon myself. I love that. Um, and whenever anyone's like, you gotta, you gotta listen to this. I'm like, okay, like I'm stoked to get like fast tracks to like the what's the coolest shit going on. <coughs> That's great. Um, but, uh, but yeah, I don't know. I'm like I said, I'm just, I'm a facilitator. I'm not, I never feel like a leader, even though I tend to, <coughs> to lead a lot of sessions because mm-hmm. I'm just a passionate guy. I don't mm-hmm. know if it's because I'm, it's not because I'm an educated guy. I just, I love the, <coughs> I love the, the creative vibe. Anyway. Yeah. But I think it's like, so it makes you a great producer is it's like you can wrangle the crazy ideas and energy and get the job done. 
Oh, thanks, my man. Yeah, yeah well, I definitely love the f- my favorite feeling in the entire world. Um, other than like when I'm cozying up with <laughs> my loved one, it would be. They're gonna say kitten. Um. Oh, that's definitely yeah. that's up there. That's definitely third in line. Um, but my second favorite feeling in the world is when you're just like in the craziest, most eccentric furthest reaches of your mind yeah and literally i can be it's like i'm like high for like a week or two after an amazing yeah um, just feel good create like if you do something creatively that you haven't done before yeah i know then it's just like oh my god it's true accomplishment i could die happy and so i think that's why i got into all the technical side of things Mm -hmm. um because it just makes like those extreme creative breakthroughs more likely to happen. Yeah. So it's kind of like, you know, yeah. Anyway, blah, 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 blah. We'll talk, more. talk about it. Let's do another one, buddy. And come on comedy here often. I'm super That'd down. Be actually fun if you and Paul Anthony came on together. Oh my God. We should do that. We once did, uh, he did like the behind the scenes DVD extras of a season of talent time Yeah, early on. And he's like, I'm scared to do it. Like, do you want to like join me? So, <laughs> so I join in for the entire director's commentary totally do that. of an entire season. Yeah. And we just drank beers and talked about just garbage. I love it. But it was really fun. I did my first direct audio commentary for dead hooker in the trunk, the Jen and Sylvia movie. <laughs> so fun oh man don't you feel like it that's the ultimate honor is well that's why i gladly took your whole dvd collections because i love director commentary oh, tracks that's the thing that's missing <laughs> i know why doesn't netflix have a third tab it's like like dorks seasons, tab. trailer and then yeah dorks yeah i want that that's why i love dvds and blu-rays remember did you know netflix used to have comments enabled yeah, it still does if you l- watch it on a laptop, I thought. Really? Because Anthony Jeselnik was talking about how he loves watching, looking at people's comments who don't know who he is and just stumbled on his special. Oh, nice. Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. Yeah. He's he's um, he's a tough one. I flip-flop on him. I, oh, he's my favorite. I, like, I got him to him because you loved him, and then yeah. I was like, wait a second. <laughs> I hate him. Really? <laughs> oh, yeah. But then lately, I'm kind of like, he's... Like, you hate his jokes? Um, like no. just too his, mean? His jokes are good, but but I'm kind of like, I really need to like somebody first for me to like their comedy second. Mm. And so, like, I just feel like he's the kind of guy that I would just avoid, like, the plague. And really? Like, yeah. It's funny, because yeah. all our comedians we like... He's yeah. like close friends with like Nathan Fielder and stuff. I love so Nathan. I think I, off I, the stage, yeah. he's a sweet. I know he oh, is. Oh yeah. yeah, yeah. I could see that. I, could, yeah. I Nathan for you, I think is probably one of my favorite shows of all it's time. The, it's the most. I think it's the most brilliant comedy, especially concept ever. Yeah, yeah. And like I've, it's cool because watching Siobhan get to know um, di- different comedies like at a different pace yeah and at a different time like she just she just is doing the show um with this one actor guy that was interviewed on eric andre's show oh who um remember when we, when we, you and i went and saw eric andre oh that was awesome i, I and you that. almost got a picture of him kissing me <laughs> i got i got a photo of him 
yeah i got like with water I, flying everywhere I, I have like a bunch of photos of him naked randomly from that show <laughs> and like occasionally it'll just show up in my google photos <laughs> when like my neighbors are over or something once again i hang out with pimple popper or eric I, andre's I, penis I, I, most of my social time is with my neighbors because they're just right there they're over there i even met them when they were talking about that skunk problem they're really cool um but uh Anyway, so what I was going to say was something to the effect of... I don't know. We're in oh, yeah. Zebulon anyway, right so she's super into Eric Andre. Awesome. Um, and But I still... So I've been watching Eric Andre some more again, and uh, I still think Nathan For You is like one of the most underrated shows ever. It's, it absolutely is. It should be the biggest... It should be bigger than... He's hard, I think, for people to latch on to because his whole thing is that his personality is underwhelming. But right. that's what's funny to me. It's, I guess that's very un-American is yeah. to well, not be over the top. He's from Vancouver. There's this great... He went to UVic. Yeah. In fact, I think... Because I went to UVic and I took business for like a year or two. <laughs> and I think I did the math because he starts off the show by saying he went to UVic f- And got in business. really good grades. <laughs> yeah. And it says like B, C plus and stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, we went to business school at the same time. Wow. And I think that's why part of me is just like his era of sense of humor is like yeah. my exact era too. For sure. There's a There's this great photo that you can find on online where it's him and Eric Andre both wearing, it's both their grad photos and they're both wearing the same nine inch nails shirt. Oh, how what? perfect is that? Oh. Yeah. And yeah. Anyway, fuck, I could talk forever. Okay. 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 Steve base. Thank you for coming on my show. Finally. I'm Thanks. so glad if you came anybody actually it. sat through this whole thing. I apologize, but I also thank you. We'll definitely sit through it. You're a great guest. Ivan Decker. If you actually listen to this, text me. <laughs> I want to know. This will be a good test. Yeah. Okay. Thank you, buddy. And same with you, Sophie. I don't think you listen to it, though. She listens to it. Really? Yeah. Okay. Well, just T- text, text Kevy and he'll let me know. Okay. You don't have my number. Okay. Bye. I'll, I'll give it to you. Okay. Bye. Okay. Bye. Thank you for listening to Barely About Music. I've been your host, Kevy. Uh, thank you to Steve Bays for coming on. What a great episode. What a great hang. Uh, I will tell you I did some CBD oil right before that, as you can hear when I freaked out. And uh, I was hungover for like two days after that. So not sure it's for me. Uh, we'll try it again in lower doses because it did make my shoulder pain not happen for the duration of being on it which was fucking whimsical. Okay, thank you for listening. I will check in with you again soon. Bye.